Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Burlington Behind the Story, where we go behind the scenes of our latest stories and talk to the reporters who worked on them. I'm John Luca D'Elia. And I'm reporter Lisa Broat. And it's April 10th, and we are deep into our coverage of the coronavirus in Burlington County. It's been a while since we've been on air, but everybody's been all hands on deck covering pretty much every angle of the virus that we can get to. Mm-hmm. So what has it been like for you kind of um, being the lead reporter and covering the governor's press conferences every day? I mean, I feel like my life has been coronavirus and it will always <laughs> be coronavirus. Um, but it's been good. You know, it's an unprecedented situation, as everybody says. Um, focusing a lot on the numbers, which which are scary, but so far things are okay-ish in Burlington County. Um, I'm sure you found this too, John Luke. It's, it's a tough subject to cover. I mean, the stories of sickness and especially the stories of people who've passed away are just heartbreaking, especially when you consider restrictions on funerals and and uh, restrictions on hospital visitations. And so at, um, at in one way, I've been covering it so much from the numbers perspective that it's very impersonal. And on the other, there's just these heartbreaking stories. So it's sort of a, just a strange dynamic. People don't get that closure now that no, exactly. Relatives pass away, whether it's coronavirus related or not, and then they can't have these funerals or memorials right away because of everything that's going on. So it's hard not to be able to have that. And even on a happier note, um, I spoke to a bride who's had to postpone her wedding. Actually, I think you put me in touch with her, John Luca. Yeah. Um, and so it's like every, as everybody knows, I'm sure who's listening, it just has changed life fundamentally. And especially for for high school students and seniors, I know you've reported some on that. That was tough too. It's kind of this time where seniors are going through a lot of milestones and looking into that for the education beat that I cover was really interesting because this is the time of year where there's a lot of end of year stuff happening. Things in school like um, senior trips, these traditions of going to Disney that a lot of high schools around here have concerts and honor society inductions and all these things that kind of mark the end of the year that you've been waiting your whole high school career for have um have been canceled and now there's though the state hasn't announced it officially there's a lot of anticipation that school could be closed for the rest of the year so it seems inevitable uh, something that it, it seems inevitable and it's looking like people might not get the graduation ceremony that they dreamed of. It's been really interesting though, to see that even though it's a really sad time, these students are really making the best of it and trying to maintain that support network. I mean, there's kind of the, the obvious things like FaceTiming your friends and Snapchatting and all the different ways that people communicate. Another aspect of it is that it's, it's tough for planning for your future after high school too, because this is the time that people are taking AP exams and, making their college visits and uh, for those who are going off to four-year schools it's making their decision tough because they 
can't go to admitted students days and things like that. I hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. Um, my brain went immediately to senior <laughs> prom. Um, I guess senior proms are off or postponed. What's the summer's still up in the air. One of the students I talked to um, for a story I did about high school seniors last week was on the prom committee and was hoping that they'd have their prom at the end of May. And it was late March when I talked to her and she was feeling kind of up in the air about whether they'd have it or not, because it was still a while away, but now it's looking more like with school being canceled, it, it's probably not going to happen. That sounds like a long shot at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I know one of the other major issues when um, the decision to close schools was being made was, of course, food insecurity for many students. How has that been going in Burlington County in terms of providing that to students who need it? That was um, actually part of the emergency planning that the Department of Ed, or State Department of Ed, required schools to do. So kind of when school closures were first a conversation and we were thinking that it might happen, schools started to have half days or um, days off before the quarantine started to do all this emergency planning and have these professional development workshops for their teachers to teach them how to use um, all the technology they'd be, that they'd be using. But um, getting food to people was a part of that planning because they still have to provide free and reduced lunch and breakfast to the students who qualify for them. Um, so they've been setting up a pickup system where the lunch staff will be there and they'll just bring it to your car if you pull up. Um, a lot of different communities, parents have said that they're coming together and if other parents are working and they have a friend who's a stay-at-home parent, they'll they'll drive with the kid to pick up that lunch. Um, a lot of districts have also taken this extra measure. Um, some of them who are above a certain threshold for the amount of free and reduced lunch qualified kids they have are able to provide free lunch for all their students, regardless of lunch status. Um, so that was something I looked into. It's something that they've been doing in Pemberton, Mount Holly, Delran, um, Burlington City. Burlington City is also unique because they and a few other cities um, around the county are providing lunch in a number of different ways. So they have a pickup at their school, but they also have teamed up with their police force there to deliver lunches to different locations. Um, so there's kind of different hubs around town that they chose, different apartment complexes and different neighborhoods where they went out there with the brown bag lunches set up in the back of their patrol cars and waited for families to come out and pick them up. So speaking of food, you wrote one of my favorite stories of recent days, and it was regarding a subject that I actually had been worrying about a lot recently, oh, and no. that was whether there would be Easter candy available. What's happening there? That one's been tough. So a lot of candy and chocolate shops, um, some have chosen to close to protect their employees, um, including um, the candy jar by 1892 in Borden City. Um, but a lot are technically essential businesses because they sell food. So they've uh, been able to still operate and have their employees come in. Uh, so I talked to some candy shop owners this week about how things are going because this is kind of like the second best week for them after Christmas. Um, it's a big 
season for getting candy. They're selling chocolate bunnies and chocolate eggs and all the usual Easter basket filling things that you think of. They said the business hasn't been as good as it usually is, of course, given everything that's going on, but they've still had a pretty strong customer base. They've just had to do things differently. So they've been making deliveries to people's houses with different kinds of pre-made baskets. They're doing curbside pickup at their locations. Um, They're not letting people into shop. So it's a bit more complicated because the employees and the owners of these stores are basically doing the shopping for the customers in their store and like putting their carts together. Um, So it's a long process, but um, they said that people who really love the stores have been really patient and willing to wait to get all the things that they need. That's awesome. I'm, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think I'm going to have to add them to my list of coronavirus heroes right up there with, with healthcare. So you've been, doing a lot of work on how coronavirus has affected nursing homes around here. What have you kind of gotten from that research and reporting so far? Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, nursing homes have been a huge concern across the country when you look at what happened in Washington State, and then of course here in New Jersey. At this point, um, there's 375 nursing homes in New Jersey, and as of yesterday, 70% of them had at least one coronavirus positive resident. Um, So to protect people's privacy, when when you consider that nursing homes are people's homes, the state hasn't been releasing a lot of specific data, but we do know that here in Burlington County, two of the biggest outbreaks have been in Mount Laurel and Burlington Township at um, Burlington Woods facility and Laurel Brook facility. So we just reported yesterday that Burlington Woods has 19 positive people associated with the facility, and Laurel Brook's case has gone up to 17 at this point. And sadly, at Laurel Brook, there have been four fatalities and one additional person is in the hospital. I mean, when you have a nursing home, it's just, it's the the meeting of two scary factors for coronavirus. And that is age and pre-existing conditions, which obviously a lot of residents have, and then also a population in a, in a small space. So at this point, there are new state regulations on top of um, things that are already put in place, like screening of, of people before they come into the facility. And the new stricter regulations are very careful about um, separating out sick patients from healthy patients. In fact, there may be some movement of nursing home patients to different facilities around the state to ensure that um, that the sick people and healthy people can be separated effectively. And I'm not sure how it got there originally. When we look at what happened in Washington State, we know that a lot of um, a lot of employees, a lot of staff at nursing homes hold multiple jobs because some of them might be part time. Right. So with that happening, if you have one case, not that these two are necessarily connected, but Let's say you have a case at Laurel Brook, a tech there works at Burlington Woods, they have brought it into the next facility then, which is why um, the screening of employees was one of the first things to be put in place. But I mean, everywhere in the country, it's just, it's just such a vulnerable population and it just spreads so quickly. And overall in Burlington County, compared to the rest of the state, how, what has the caseload been like when we look at the numbers? I mean, South Jersey has fared a lot better than North Jersey, I think just because of its distance from New York City. Um, 
But we are we are seeing an uptick in South Jersey. I think uh, here in Burlington County, the caseload is just under 900 at this point. And sadly, we have seen 24 fatalities. So we are by no means unaffected by this. But if you compare it to, say, Bergen County, it is significantly fewer cases. Absolutely. It seems like they're kind of the, the ground zero of this disease right now. Yeah, fortunately, they also seem to be plateauing a little bit. I mean, the I think the, the surge is shifting southward a bit at this point. But I mean, yeah, Bergen has just taken the brunt of this. Just really devastation there. Definitely. And just to wrap things up, um, is there any advice you want to share with people who are listening um, about how we can fend off this virus and flatten the curve? Uh, I guess just stay inside. Um, That's what the governor sort of reiterates in forceful language, language every single day. Stay at home, don't congregate. If you do go outside, wear a face covering and stay six feet from other people. So that's what Governor Phil Murphy has to say. Great, yeah. Well, will be my recommendations as well. <laughs> we'll definitely be staying inside as much as we can and hope that everyone's listening will do the same and stay safe and healthy. So definitely stay safe, everybody. If you would like to keep up with our podcast and follow more of our coverage, check us out at burlingtoncountytimes.com and listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Thanks for listening and stay safe and healthy out there. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.